Happy holidays, wall fans. That's right. It is Thursday. For those of you listening on the podcast, it really doesn't matter what day it is because you can listen to this whenever you really choose to and you can pause it and stop it and all that good stuff. But I would recommend to any of you just listening out there not seeing the live feed, make sure you listen to this one before the holidays, before Christmas, whatever it might be. And I'm going to tell all of you right now, those of you watching on the live feed and those of you just listening to the podcast, this is a good one to cuddle up with someone you love, someone maybe you like, someone you just like cuddling with, because I'm going to end this holiday special with a reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. I figured that's the way we got to do it, right? We got to end it with Twas the Night Before Christmas, and we're going to do that. So prepare yourselves. Cuddle up with the one you love. Get comfortable. Get some hot cocoa. Light that fire. If you're in Southern California right now, don't light that fire because we're still in a no-burn because the air quality is not great. We got a lot of fires going on. Speaking of Southern California, uh, we are in an incredibly frigid time right now. It's actually been hitting the low 40s overnight, I know, for those of you listening back east are kind of laughing. But we're all freezing our butts off here in Southern California because we're not used to this 40-degree stuff. We do get it a little bit every year, uh, but it's definitely coming, coming full strength right now, which is interesting because... All the hipsters, they pull out their beanies and their, their parkas and all that good stuff to, to walk around, you know? And they're probably getting some, some uh, what is it, uh, whatever sourced coffee that the hipsters drink. I can't keep track of it all. We got so many here in Highland Park. Like, that is the main thing, is if you want coffee, Highland Park. You want, you want funky hipster beer, Highland Park. If you want a haircut, apparently, as well, Highland Park. I, I don't know why. We just tend to be a, the, the land of coffee craft beers and haircuts. I don't get it either. All right, let's get into it. As I mentioned, happy holidays, wall fans. We've got some cheesy dedications. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get a little emotional here, uh, and and you'll see why when we get to that part. Uh, and 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 I just want to kick things off, and we're gonna end it with happy holidays to all of you. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I believe Hanukkah just ended. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. I don't think I'm missing any other holidays that happen around this time of year. Uh, oh. I kind of am because tonight, Thursday, December 21st, for those of you that only listen to the audio, you're you're getting this a little bit behind, but it is officially winter solstice, which brings me to my next thing, and that would be the beer for this evening, which is Anderson Valley Winter Solstice Seasonal Ale. Winter Solstice Seasonal Ale. Uh, I like it. I'm enjoying it. This is another California beer. They are out of Boonville, California, which I believe is up north. I can't keep track of all the damn cities in California. It's a big state. It's a big state. Come on. Uh, so check it out. If you like good beers, flavorful beers, I would recommend and- Anderson Valley. Uh, they are a good one. And this one in particular, the Winter Solstice, there's a little bit of that winter spice to it that you get in a lot of the winter ales. So if you enjoy that, Check this one out. Uh, it, it, it's very different from a lot of the beers that we drink on the podcast with, with the pale ales and the IPAs and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's enjoyable. I think it's a little heavy. I wouldn't call it stout heavy, but I will say just prepare yourself because it is a winter ale and it's got like some spice to it. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've actually got two of them in the studio with me right now. I've got a backup because I'm going to get through this one. Bridget's going to yell at me later because I've had too much beer. She's actually going to congratulate me. I think I think things come out a little better when I drink a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, don't try this at home. That is for sure. At least not till you're like 16, you know. At least get to like 16, for God's sake. Uh, all right, social plugs as usual. We're still on the opening. I know. What the hell? Social plugs. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Also on Twitter, 
at Tell the Wall Pod or at Magic Muppet. Just follow both of them. You know you follow a bunch of idiots on Twitter. In fact, I know a bunch of people that follow the Orange Menace on Twitter. They follow the Orange Menace on Twitter. If you're following the Orange Menace, now if you like the Orange Menace, that's fine. Like, I get it, and you don't like me, then don't follow me. But if you're following the Orange Menace just because he's ridiculous and you hate the Orange Menace, you should also be following at Tell the Wall Pod and maybe at Magic Muppet. Uh, and of course, most important, well, search us on YouTube. We got a lot of content up there on YouTube, and there is new content that I have literally in the bag that's going to be going up on YouTube as of the first of the year, uh, possibly sooner, but I think we're going to kind of schedule that for first of the year. And most importantly, check out SeanOrWorkLive.com. That's right, SeanOrWorkLive.com is your central location for everything Go Tell to the Wall, for everything Go Tell to the Baby, and for everything that is the one and only Sean O'Rourke, which would be me. That's right. That's me. I know. I am not the one and only, but I like to pretend I am, and that's how it is. Right, Bridget? Bridget tells me constantly I'm the one and only. It's kind of like my mom says I'm cool. It's kind of the same thing, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. All right. Um, all right. I've got a Patreon update. Before we get into some, a little bit of ranting and the holiday business, Patreon update. Now, I'd posted this previously, uh, I think like a week ago when it all happened, and we talked about I talked about on the last episode, Patreon was working on new fees and stuff that was going to patrons that patrons were having to to take on those extra fees just because they're fans of the show and want to support the show made no sense. Well, because of the huge backlash from everybody, in fact, John Rosenberg, who I've spoken about on this show many times, uh, he's Alex's father. He is a he is a I would say a big time influencer, not small small potatoes like myself. He actually lost eighty seven patrons over that couple of weeks when, when everything was going back and forth. Well, Patreon reneged, and they are not adding those additional fees. So I promised all of you out there that are patrons that I would absorb those fees if we did get to that point. Well, luckily, nobody's going to have to absorb those fees. Nobody's nobody's getting extra fees and everything. I mean, I still get fees on the back end. That's how it is. You know, somebody's somebody's got, everyone's got to wet their beak, you know, so to say. Uh, but... Everything seems to be back to normal. We're going to keep rolling with Patreon right now, uh, and, and they're not hitting us with the extra fees. And in fact, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Patreon as we get into the show, uh, because I have big thank yous for all of our patrons, and I have some big announcements when it comes to Patreon. Uh, so, so be ready for that. Uh, but thank you on all the patrons. The patrons, I'm going to list everyone individually, and I'm going to tell you right now, patrons, that we're going to list a little bit later in the show. Working on gifts for you. Working on two things. Working on stickers, which I've been teasing for a little while, but they are literally in the works. We're working on a new logo for Go Tell It to the Wall for the podcast and for the YouTube channel and for the website and everything else. Uh, and once once that is completed, which is literally being worked on right now, not by myself because I am not an artist, not an artist, uh, but it's being worked on right now. And once that's complete, we're going to be getting stickers, and stickers will be going out to all of the patrons as well as a special gift for the holidays for our patrons, and I'm going to list them all throughout the show here, so be ready for that. Uh, and really, stickers are coming, so even if you're not a patron, if you can't afford to be a patron, I, I totally understand. We're going to have stickers. We're going to do some giveaways. You're going to see them start popping up here in the new year as we get them all printed and as they're making their way you know, out into the world. So keep an eye out for those. Uh... All right, so let's get into some a few past stories because what I want to do, I'm going to get into some past stories and then we're going to talk about the patrons 
And then I've got some serious Christmas stuff. And Christmas stuff is kind of mixed in here. But I just I do want to follow up on a couple of these things that came out since the last podcast episode or, or just kind of pertaining to stuff we talked about. And I want to do updates on those as well. Um, all right. So first thing would be there was a couple in Minnesota that I talked about a few months ago. Uh, they were YouTube, they YouTube stars, I guess, and they all they did all these prank videos. I've actually watched none of the videos because I don't want to give them any kind of support for how stupid they are. If, if you're kind of remembering as I'm going through this, what story I'm getting into, this would be the couple, uh, not a married couple, boyfriend girlfriend, uh, but did have a child together, and the the woman was also pregnant at the time that this happened. Decided to shoot a video for YouTube, and in that video, she was going to shoot her boyfriend basically in the chest with a Desert Eagle, which is a big pistol. If you're not familiar with guns, I'm not a gun person, but I know Desert, like, that's a serious gun. That That's a military-issue gun. Uh, pretty serious. If anyone on the live feed there has any additional info on Desert Eagle, not that it's pertinent to the podcast, but I just find it interesting. And she decided to shoot her boyfriend with a Desert Eagle while he was holding an encyclopedia in front of him, thinking that the encyclopedia would stop that bullet. Well, surprise, surprise, if you're not remembering when we talked about this before, he got shot and died, passed away, all for YouTube fame. I'm not going to get into all the ridiculousness of that because we talked about it previously. Well, what happened was the woman reached a plea deal, reached a plea deal. Now, this is black and white. She killed her boyfriend. She killed her boyfriend, and she killed the father of her children for YouTube fame. Uh, you, you can't. There's nothing you can argue with me about that. She killed her boyfriend. You know, whether it's murder or not, fine. Okay, that's for a jury to decide. Well... She reached a plea deal. And you know what that plea deal is? And this was wrong with America right now because kids are going to know that this is happening. This is like Brock Turner up in the Bay Area of California who's getting away with rape, essentially just completely getting away with rape. This woman shot her boyfriend, the father of her children, in the chest, killed him. And you know what she's doing? She's getting uh, six months of jail time, six months, six months of jail time, and then 10 years of probation. That's all she's getting for killing a guy. For killing a guy simply so she could get stupid little clicks from stupid little tweens or whatever else and hipsters that are want to see stupid little prank videos. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, she does, her last name is Perez. So clearly she's not fully white, but you look at her, this looks like a white girl. And you know what? That's what happens when you're white. You get away with shooting your, your boyfriend in the chest and you're just going, you're only going to jail for six months. And I'm not even going to get into details. She's actually serving only a month at a time each year for the next uh, six years she's gonna go let me oh let me go get my spend my time i'm not saying it's a vacation in jail but she, i'm gonna go spend my month in jail and then i'll be give me a break give me a break you know is this is this what happens in minnesota people can you can kill your boyfriend six months and 10 years of probation give me a break give me a break and I, I don't i don't care that she has children you know you're, you're gonna give her children she shot her freaking boyfriend the father of her children for a youtube video come on Come on. This is where common sense really comes into effect, right? This is where common sense really comes into effect. Because common sense says you don't shoot someone even if they have a book in front of them. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, a quick shout out to my shirt for those of you that are watching on the live feed. I actually found this shirt like last weekend. I'm walking around the mall and I found a shirt. It's a Polaroid of Santa walking through the forest and it says, I believe. It's a little play on the uh, Sasquatch shirts you know i actually bought it bought the same shirt for my good friend uh whose nickname is yeti he had to have it i mean right he's a sasquatch he's a living breathing sasquatch um all right another follow-up papa john's papa john's papa john papa john Sh schnatter 
Schneider, Schneider, whatever the hell his last name is. Dude's not Italian. Let's get that right. We've talked about this before. Dude's not Italian. Uh, he's the CEO of a company called Papa John's. They make the crappy pizza, the terrible pizza that no one should be eating because it's double priced. Like it, it, it's it's like four times the price of Little Caesars, and it tastes the same as Little Caesars. I'm not saying Little Caesars quality pizza, but you only pay five dollars for Little Caesars. You're paying like twenty dollars for a stupid Papa John's pizza. Give me a, like, come on, get out of here. I don't I don't want to hear that. Anyway, we talked recently about John Schnatter, however the hell you pronounce his last name, and how he came out on a shareholder's phone call and said that it was the NFL's fault that his sales are faltering because they're kneeling for the national anthem. For their their racial injustice protest was hurting Papa John's business. Well, sorry, Papa John. I'm sorry that some people that aren't white like you are trying to make a change in this country and doing it peacefully. You know who's not doing things peacefully is you, sir. You are not doing pe- things peacefully. And the chickens have come home to roost, roost on Papa John. He is officially out as CEO as of January 1st. January 1st, he will no longer be the CEO of Papa John's Pizza, the controlling, the uh, chief operations officer will be taking his place as CEO. Uh, the interesting thing is he's still the chairman of the board and the majority shareholder of the company. So it's not like they really kicked him out. They just don't want to use him as the face of the company anymore because clearly, while you think people kneeling for racial injustice, Papa John, was the problem, it might be bigoted, ignorant white dudes like you that are the problem. And clearly, that's what happened. And the people have spoken, and your pizza sucks ass, and you, sir, are a bigot. So maybe just, you know, go crawl into your hole. No one wants to see you again. No one wants to see you again. Just stay away. Um, And then maybe Papa John's will just kind of go down the tube. Not that I want to see people working for Papa John's and making a living for Papa John's lose their jobs. However, it is crap pizza. Just absolute crap pizza. It is. If anyone on the live feed has had this pizza and enjoys it, uh, let me know. Because uh, I don't know anyone that's like, oh my god, i got to get me some Papa John's. It's kind of the crap pizza that you get because there's no other options. My Chicago comes out. Vowels get real hard when I talk about pizza. Options. Coffee. Hockey. It happens. Alright. We're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to talk a little bit about it. And that would be Empire Strikes Back 2, which came out last week. That's right. It came out last week. Did fairly well in the movie theater. Did fairly well. Uh, But there are things that we here at Go Tell the Wall have called them out for. One of them would be their relentless cash grab with all of their products. Disney Consumer Products is bloodthirsty. They are bloodthirsty, and they're trying to make money hand over fist, and that's what they're doing. Well, what happened is toy shipments for Last Jedi toys are way down from Force Awakens. Two years ago, Force Awakens came out. Way down. And this is according to Hollywood Reporter. And it's interesting because I think people are catching on that it's not just all about content to Disney when it comes to Star Wars. It's about a cash grab. And they're catching up with that. So I'll be interested to see what happens when the numbers come out after the holiday season, Christmas and everything, and, and see how the sales on their product was. Uh, but it's, it's not looking, and not to say it's looking bad. I mean, they're still selling freaking products. They probably sold a bunch of that remote-controlled BB9FC267, whatever they're calling that thing. Uh, I'm sure they've sold a bunch of them. So it's not like they're hurting. It's just interesting because I think people are catching on. 
which is a good thing. And on that same note, I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of research with Rotten Tomatoes because Last Jedi was really high on the tomato meter. If you're not familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, they are a very popular site. We've talked about it on the podcast many times. In fact, I had to 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 do somewhat of a retraction a few weeks ago uh, because I was calling out Rotten Tomatoes, and they actually had a reason for for doing what they were doing. But the interesting thing I found, I found about Rotten Tomatoes is currently Last Jedi has a tomato meter rating of 92%. 92%. Which is good. That's really good. That's all based on critics. That's all the critics. Professional critics. People that do this for a living. 92%. Then they also have an audience score on RottenTomatoes.com. And currently the audience score is sitting at 54%. That's essentially a 54% approval rating. So we're seeing what I'm actually seeing, and many of you are probably seeing on social media, uh, if you have Star Wars fans who, as friends and all the other whatever it is, you know, you, everyone has them in their feeds. I have tons of them. I'm a Star Wars fan myself to an extent. I, I, you know, I don't like the cash grab. Uh, but I find this interesting because there is where you see the divide. I'm seeing about a 50-50 about, about a divide of people either really love the movie or really hate it. And I don't want to say really hate it, but hate it. Do not like it. And that's where we're seeing it is the audience score. And it's it's extra interesting because not only are people disliking the movie, but I'm finding Star Wars fans on social media platforms that are getting downright ah, defensive about the fact that people don't like the new Star Wars movie. In fact, it's almost like they're taking it personally, which I find really interesting because for me, it's hard to like grasp that. Because I am an unapologetic fan of stuff that people just hate. I went to film school because of Kevin Smith. Unapologetically a Kevin Smith fan. I am unapologetically a crappy punk rock fan. And I don't care. People, people hate the stuff that I like. I don't take it personally. I don't try to convince people otherwise. I just do my thing. You know? I don't care. You don't like Kevin That's fine. He is, he, he is kind of cheesy. You don't like crappy punk rock from the 90s? That's fine too. I get it. But Star Wars fans are taking this personally, and it's weird to me. Like, these debates that are happening now, a friendly debate is one thing. But I'm seeing people that are, like, really taking it personally and really going all in on how much they love the movie and how awesome it is and how everyone that doesn't like the movie is wrong. Completely wrong. It's okay to not like a movie, Star Wars fans. It's okay. And in fact, if any of you out there listening are Star Wars fans that are getting defensive because people don't like the movie... I would like to point something out to you because we talk on this show about passion and have passion for whatever it is that you are passionate about. Have that passion. And that's great that you are passionate about Star Wars, but don't take it personally. And think about this. You may love Star Wars. And chances are, I don't want to even say chances are, if you love Star Wars and let's say you don't like something like sports, think about right now how defensive you're getting about Star Wars. And think about the friends that you have that enjoy watching sports, professional sports, college sports, whatever it is, Olympic sports, whatever it is, and how much you may get on them or your friends get on them and tell them how stupid it is that they watch sports. And think about how you're feeling right now. It's okay. It's okay to like something and other people don't like it. But think about how you're feeling and think about how you could potentially be making other people feel because you're like, well, what you like is stupid. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. All that matters is having passion. Enjoying what you do. Live life. You know? Whether that's burying yourself in a book in a, in a, in a bubble bath. Whether that's going out to the desert for 10 days every year and running around naked and wearing furs. and Whatever it is. Do you. 
as long as you're not hurting others. So, enjoy Star Wars. Don't enjoy Star Wars. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody. You can't take your passion for Star Wars with you. So you don't need to impale it on other people. Impale it. You don't need to uh, push it on other people. So think about that, wall fans, Star Wars fans. I still haven't seen it. Uh, I, I said a while ago I'm boycotting. I will not be seeing it in the theater. I'm standing in solidarity with my other journalistic <laughs> journalistic uh, uh, counterparts. <laughs> I'm not journalistic. I'm not. I just can't. Um, all right, let's move on. That's enough Star Wars. I'm done with the Star Wars. That's another note. No, one more thing on the Star Wars. I don't even have in my notes. You know what's ridiculous? As we've talked about the Porgies. Bridget, you there? The Porgies. And the, the blatant cash grab on consumer products for the Porgies. Well, an article came out like today or yesterday about the Porgies. And how on this island where they're shooting, and I don't, I'm trying not to give spoilers, but if you haven't seen Force Awakens, there's an like, shut down for like two seconds here. There's an island where Luke Skywalker is. And apparently on that island, and I think in the, the more recent film they've shot more there, uh, they had a bunch of puffins running around. Puffins are those little, they're not penguins, but they, they're kind of penguiny looking things, and they're just, they're birds. So apparently what happened was, instead of just removing all of the puffins, they created the porgies, the porgs. We call them porgies here at Go Tell to the Wall, because why not? Uh, shout out to Bridget, who came up with that term, our on-air producer, Bridget. Uh, and... The thing I found interesting about this is they were like, well, it was too too difficult to remove them digitally. And I am not a digital editor. I am not. I edit photos, and that's about it. I, I've never, even three years of film school, I never did any kind of serious editing outside of Photoshop. So maybe this does make sense. But to me, I read this and I went, wait. So it was too difficult to remove them all digitally, but you had to do a digital overlay to make them look like porgs, porgies, Instead of puffins. I'm probably going to hear about this from some editor friend of mine. I don't know. Uh, but I'm curious. So is this another excuse? I'm not even trying to be a conspiracy theorist on this one. But is it another excuse? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. We're getting into. We got a little orange menace here. We got a little orange menace, wall fans. And don't worry, wall fans. Don't worry, America. Don't worry, entire world. The Orange Menace has officially given us permission to use the words Merry Christmas again. He literally did this publicly. Gave everyone permission to use Merry Christmas again. And he ran on this because this is important. This is important when it comes to politics. He ran on this platform that, that Merry Christmas will be coming back. He's going to end the war on Christmas. Seriously, dude? Seriously? Who cares? This is another who cares? See, personally, I say happy holidays. Just, it's just a habit I've done. However, like when Hanukkah was happening, if I knew it was a night of Hanukkah, I would say Happy Hanukkah to people. On Christmas, I will say Merry Christmas to people instead of Happy Holidays. On Kwanzaa, if I know it's Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. Like, I have no problem with this. But really, like, and I've never had someone be offended at me saying Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or Happy Holidays. Never happened to me personally. It's never happened to me personally. But we've all been given permission by the Orange Menace. To say Merry Christmas. And you know the old saying, wall fans. And here's the thing. I've said it many times on the store, this show. I think religion is great if you, if you do it the right way. You want to be religious, that's fine. Personally, I'm not religious. <laughs> so many lives lost. <laughs> it was General Prancer was leading the, uh, the charge. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. War on Christmas. General Prancer. 
led by Colonel, I don't know, was Gen- no, General's higher. Colonel Prancer, led by General Santa, fought back the war on Christmas with some shock and awe. I know, it's crazy, the war on Christmas. And I'm going to point it out again, as much as I say, if you want to be religious, that's fine. I do, like, you know, don't be bigoted, don't be ignorant or anything else. Religion, it's a great thing. It's community. I'm a burner. I got a, I got a community too, you know, and that's fine if you want to do it. But I will remind everyone, everyone that likes to run around saying, keep Christ in Christmas and all this other stuff. Jesus wasn't born in December. So if anything, if anything on this topic, baby Jesus is waging a war on Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. He's the one that inserted himself, inserted himself. I don't think Jesus really gives a shit about (laughs) Christmas, keeping Christ in Christmas. Marketing inserted Jesus into Christmas because they wanted to coincide with the winter solstice, which is happening tonight, for a marketing opportunity. Remind everyone of that. So that's fine. Spell Christmas. Do a religious thing. Go to church. Like, that's fine. I've been to church on Christmas many times. I was there two years ago on Christmas. Luckily, I didn't burn to death. I always worry when I walk into a church. My father says this to me, too, when I walk into churches with because usually it's, it's really with family. They walk into a church uh, or a wedding or a funeral, unfortunately. Uh, and, and my father always says this when I'm walking into a church. You going to burst into flames? Not today, Pop. Not today. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about one more thing <laughs> politically before we get into the Christmas. And I do have a couple of dedications uh, here. At the end of this same speech where Trump was saying you can say Merry Christmas and stuff. And this was after they were doing a little... A little celebration on the tax scam. It's a scam. Do your research. I have some content for the next episode, literally, where it's going to show you that Donald Trump does not give a flying fuck about the troops with this tax plan. He can sit there and say some black dude kneeling for racial injustice is is disrespecting the troops. Well, your tax plan disrespected the shit out of the troops. And we'll get into that on the next episode. But I do want to point out one thing. Mike Pence at the end of that. Had a little quote. First, he said, Merry Christmas, America, when the tax plan. That's fine. Merry Christmas, America. Like, it's a good thing. But there's another quote that came out of that. Where he turned to Donald Trump and publicly said, With God's help, you will make America great again. I'm going to tell you right now, wall fans, and y'all, y'all can hold me to this. If God has anything to do with the orange menace and what the fuck he's doing right now in office, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Because if that if if this God, which I believe in a higher power, but if this God is making the orange menace do this and is helping the orange menace do this, hail Satan for God's sake. Because I don't want nothing to do with that God. Because if you believe in God, you should believe that that God is a righteous God and cares about people. And the orange menace doesn't give a shit about people. Doesn't care about people. Doesn't care about people. Hmm. 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 All right, let's get into a little holiday stuff. We got some holiday cheer here. And I want to get a little emotional for a second. Uh, because this holiday special has a very, very special dedication for me. And that would be to my grandmother, uh, Therese Yultoski, uh, who unfortunately left us in July of this year. And the reason this is dedicated to her, not only because she had, and I've spoken about her on the podcast before, not only because she had a huge hand in the shaping of my life and, and the person I am today, uh, but also because for my first 18 Christmases, 18 Christmases, I spent every single Christmas 
in Chicago at my grandmother's house, which was my childhood home. And I hadn't been there for many years. I've been wanting to go back for years and, and things come up. It's expensive to travel. I hate flying. I, I genuinely do. Never got a chance to get back for Christmas. And now, unfortunately, my grandmother has passed. Uh, and unfortunately, her house has been sold. Like, you know the song, uh, I'll be home for Christmas. I can't go home for Christmas. My home for Christmas is is officially gone. So I want to dedicate the last half of this episode to my grandmother, Teresa Ulitoski, and for everything she did for me. Um, in fact, we would be flying to Chicago uh, when I was very young from Miami and then you know, a few years later from San Diego. And I love snow. Just love it. And every year, I'd talk to her before we were heading out, and she would say, uh, well, I called up and I ordered the snow for you. Sometimes the snow didn't show up for Christmas. Uh, but she always, always ordered the snow. Always did. She had a direct line to God and ordered the snow. And that's what she did for us. And it's going to be tough for me this year because, like I said, I haven't been there for a few years. But it's going to be tough for me knowing that that home is no longer there. Knowing that I can't go home for Christmas. Now, I have a lovely home now. I have a beautiful daughter. I have a beautiful wife. My parents are still around. So, you know, it's not a complete sob story. But this is dedicated to you, Grandma. Um, and everything you did for us. And everything you did for me. And for all those Christmases uh, that you kept those presents under the tree. Uh, and especially when, when, when mom couldn't necessarily afford to, to get all those presents under the tree and, and for keeping that magic going. So this one's for you. Um, all right, let's get into a couple things. We're going to be all over the freaking place. I got my backup beer here and center myself for a second. Um, so we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun. What I want to get into here is a little bit of kind of the best toys for Christmas this year. And I don't mean this in a materialistic way. Because to me, Christmas is about spending time with family and friends. I spent my entire weekend last weekend with seeing friends for, for various holiday events. But I do find this stuff funny. Uh, and I'm always fascinated by the hottest toy of the year. Last year it was those, those Hatchimal things. You couldn't even buy them in stores. This year they're all over the place. I'm seeing them everywhere I go. Um, I'm seeing these Hatchimal things. Like in Target, I was just in Target the other day doing some Christmas shopping. But I have here some of the most popular, the 12 must-have toys to buy for Christmas 2017, according to thespruce.com. Um, and there's all kinds of toy lists, and they're all very much like, we want you to buy these toys, and whatever else it is. But the Spruce seems to be a little more objective here, because they're not actually touting a specific site. Uh, but apparently, the number one toy this year, oh, Bridget, you got to let me know if you have one of these uh, for fee, would be the Fingerlings. The Fingerling, Fingerlings Interactive Baby Monkey. Now, we can all agree that this is not the best name for a kid's toy. It's not the best name for a kid's toy. Uh, Bridget, let me know if these have come across your house. Bridget has a five-year-old at home. Uh, I'm wondering if these have come across her, her house just yet. Uh, but they do seem really interesting. And they're little interactive monkeys that fit on your finger. If you haven't seen these, check them out. The name is really terrible, uh, but check them out. And they're a little interactive. They, like, make baby monkey sounds. And uh, uh, <laughs> Bridget is getting her kids a stick and a rock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Bridget, I know that's not true. 
Bridget's, Bridget's two beautiful children will have a fantastic Christmas morning. Um, but I, I do want to see one of these fingerlings in person. In fact, Mark Hoppus was posting on Twitter a couple weeks ago that he's got so many fingerling monkeys, he doesn't know what to do with them. Uh, terrible name, interesting. My daughter's too young for them, uh, so we won't see them in my house this year. Uh, but apparently this is the kind of the must-have toy for this year would be the fingerling interactive baby monkey. Just behind that, uh, would be the 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 Batwing building kit, which I do love these kind of things. I don't think this is Lego. Oh no, it is Lego. Um, but you can actually build something, not for the younger children. And then, of course, still on that list, I'm not going to go through all of these, but I do find some of them funny. Is the Hatchimals? Those are still super popular. I saw a, a younger young lady, like maybe 18, walking around Target the other day with three of them in her arms. Like I, I, I don't know, she may, she, I don't know if they were for her, or, um, kids, whatever else it might be, uh, and. Another one that I find interesting is the Fisher-Price Think and Learn Coda Pillar. Uh, and this one's interesting because it's it's thinking. It, it's, uh, gosh, what is a, there's a word I'm looking for, not independent, but it's thinking. And it puts you through challenges, and then it kind of has coding built into it. So this is for younger kids, so they're not really learning the coding, but it kind of gets them set up for that coding. One of the other real popular toys this year would be the For Real Roran Tyler, the Playful Tiger. If you haven't seen these for real, fur real, fur real, F-U-R, fur real, friends, pets, all that kind of stuff, uh, they're a little creepy. I will warn you, they're a little creepy, uh, the, the fur real pets, only because they look like pets. Uh, when I was working for Disney years ago, we had a contract with fur real. They sent us a pony who was, it was probably like, Four feet, nah, probably not four feet, maybe like two, three feet tall. So not a full-size pony, but it's big. The thing was creepy. The eyes move. It's a little too real. So prepare yourselves, parents, if, if, if you're getting a for real thing, friend, whatever. Uh, and, of course, on here is also the Sphero Star Wars BB-8 app-enabled droid. That's the little remote-controlled droid that you control with your phone. Um, and then there's some other high-tech stuff. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of a lot more drones coming out because I'm noticing price drops in drones. Um, hopefully these aren't the hopefully the cheaper drones aren't the same ones that you you're seeing stories of interfering with flight paths because I just see a bunch of kids out there Christmas morning and interfering with with flight paths and everything else would be a little too ridiculous. All right, on that note. I do want to talk because I have a little more top toys. And I actually found something interesting for those of you out there that are parents. might want to check these out. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of things personally. And this is me personally. And those of you watching on the live feed, if you want to chime in and, and, and you know let us know your favorites. And that would just be a couple of my favorite uh, Christmas gifts. And I will give you kind of both sides of it. Because I think I've talked about on the podcast before. When I was very young, we had a lot of money. My family, we weren't wealthy. We, you know, we weren't like wealthy, and but we had plenty of money. You know, we we weren't hurting for anything. I tended to get the toys that I that I wanted. Um, Christmases were always very big. Uh, and then a few years later, uh, my mother lost her job, and things got tough. Things got tough. The company shuttered. Uh, so I'm going to kind of give you both sides of that, really. So when I was young, can't even remember the year. This would have been a year that Teddy Ruxpin came out. So I can't remember the exact year, but that's all I wanted for Christmas was Teddy Ruxpin. But it wasn't all I wanted. That was the main thing I wanted. And I got Teddy Ruxpin. But I was such a spoiled kid 
This was me. I was such a spoiled kid that I opened up Teddy Ruxpin and opened up a bunch of my other gifts. And for the 80s kids out there, you might have remembered that Teddy Ruxpin had a friend. His name was Grubby. He was a grub or like a caterpillar or something. And it was the same as Teddy Ruxpin. And you would connect them to Teddy Ruxpin and they would talk to each other. Well, I opened all my gifts. There was no Grubby. No Grubby. My grandfather, who was still alive at the time, walks around his chair on Christmas morning and goes, oh, what's this? What's this? Pulls out another box. I open it up. Oh, okay. We're getting some uh, <laughs> We're getting some people on the live feed. Uh, so I go to open it up, and sure enough, it's Grubby. Now, I was kind of pitching a fit because I didn't get Grubby. I got Teddy Ruxpin. Most kids would have been ecstatic to just get Teddy Ruxpin, but that's the mentality I had. Which is why I understand the mentality of some kids these days. Some adults these days, for God's sake. They just don't know any better. You know? They just don't know any better. Well, fast forward many years later, and here's like 13-year-old Sean. And this was after. You know, We didn't have that kind of money anymore. I didn't get whatever I wanted for Christmas. And don't get me wrong, my parents did a fantastic job of really getting us everything we... To, the, to an extent, everything we wanted for Christmas. But as I got older, I realized it was difficult. And there's a year, 13-year-old Sean. All 13-year-old Sean wanted for Christmas was a guitar. An acoustic guitar. Wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And I even went and I picked one out at a music store near the candy store that my family owned. And I told my mother, I want that one. That Epiphone acoustic guitar. She said, oh, it's kind of expensive. I, You know, I don't know. And my mother teased things like that. When I got, when I got, uh, when I got my first skateboard as as a five six year old, my mother for months was telling me skateboards are too dangerous. You're not getting a skateboard. You're not getting a skateboard. I got a skateboard that Christmas. She, she was great at this. So I don't know. It's you know, a little expensive. I don't know if we can afford it. So you know, a few weeks later, we go into uh, Bridget. What is going on in the live feed there? Uh, we go to Chicago. My parents are all, you know, big boxes get shipped out there. This is the glory days of you're not paying for every little thing that you, you know, that you have to check. Big boxes going. So I don't know, maybe is there a guitar in there? I don't know. I don't know. Looks big enough. I don't know. So we get there a couple days later. It's Christmas morning. So I get up Christmas morning. And I open up a small box. And it's full of guitar picks. And my mother is very clever with these things. Do we need to go tell to the wall, uh, go tell to the couch, Bridget? <laughs> as long as we're getting views, that's all that matters. Monetization, wall fans, monetization. Anyway, I open up this small box, a bunch of guitar picks, and it's a guitar pick holder. If you've ever seen one of those, you can put it on the end of your time. If you're, if you're really good, you put it on the, uh, you put it on the, uh, start throwing out numbers, Anthony. Apparently, uh, it'll start in 40 minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, if, if you go to facebook.com slash go tell to the wall and, and each like is a bid. <laughs> I think we're getting some, maybe getting some spam in here on the live feed. It happens. Uh, anyway, so I go to open that up and there's a note inside that says, go look in your grandmother's room. So, you know, go look in grandma's room. And in my grandmother's house, it was very, very Chicago suburbs house. There was a, it was a tri-level. And upstairs was the kitchen, some bedrooms, and downstairs was like the family room and, and all that good stuff. So I, I go upstairs, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the guitar's up there, the guitar's up there. And I'm running up, and I run around the side of my grandmother's bed, and there's a guitar case sitting there. 
guitar case sitting there next to my grandmother's bed. I open it up. Empty. Empty guitar case. So I walk back downstairs with the guitar case. And my mom says, you know, I'm sorry. We just, we couldn't afford the guitar, but we'll, we'll get you one soon. You know, and I'm old enough to, and I was disappointed, but I'm old enough to know. Like, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. You know, I, I knew it, it was tough at times. But I'm kind of pouting a little, you know, 13-year-old angsty, you know, 13-year-old angsty Sean. I'm pouting, sitting there, like, I'm playing with guitar picks or whatever. I'm, and I had other gifts. I'm looking at those or whatever. And a few minutes later, you know, my sister's opening gifts. My sister's five years younger than me, so she's tearing through gifts. A little while later, my mother goes, would you mind going up to get me a cup of coffee? And I'm pulling one of those. If you've ever seen uh, Wet Hot American Summer, I'm pulling one of those. Uh, with what's his face when when uh, Janine Garoppolo uh, tells him to clean up, I'm like ah, fine, take the cup, go upstairs, fill coffee, bring it back downstairs, and I hand the the coffee to my mother. Sit down on the couch. I'm sitting there for like three four minutes, and my mother and father and my grandmother are looking at me, and they're kind of like got a smirk on their face, and I'm like what what what? Still kind of you know angsty and pouting what? I look down, sitting next to the chair or the couch that I was sitting on, is my acoustic guitar. My Epiphone acoustic guitar that I wanted from that music store. My mother did everything she could to get me that guitar. Transported it to Chicago. Made me sweat for it a little bit, but got me that guitar. So thank you to you, Ma. Thank you to you. Thank you to you and Dad. Thank you to Grandma for making that work. Uh, and thank you for everything you did. To make things fun, you know? Make things fun. Mess with me a little, but make things fun. Uh, and I still have the guitar to this day. I still have that guitar. I played that guitar uh, through college. I'm not a very good guitar player. Played it through college. I actually jammed on that guitar with some of the guys from Sublime. Literally. Jammed on that exact guitar with some of the guys from Sublime when I lived in Long Beach. Don't call it LBC for God's sake, anyone out there. People only call it LBC because Snoop Dogg had to rhyme something with D-O-double-G. No one in Long Beach actually calls it LBC. We'll probably talk about that more in the future. Um, all right, so let's look at a little more top toys here. And I found this interesting. For any of you out there that are parents, and you might be a little late to the game because we, we are approaching Christmas. This is hilarious. What the hell's happened here? Live feed is cracking me up. Uh... But there is a website called The Toy Insider, which seems pretty unbiased. But the, the thing I found interesting, uh, the thing I did find interesting about ToyInsider.com is they actually have categories. So you can go through and you can see infants and toddlers, preschool, um, as well as grade school, and, and just all the way up. I think it, it goes all the way up to tweens. Tweens. In addition to that, uh, they have specific sections. So they have like a tech section for kids. Um, it is Christmas, Bridget. <laughs> Full disclosure for everyone on the live feed and for those of you that listen, uh, for those of you that listen on the feed, Bridget and I, her, her, her five-year-old, uh, her birthday was... Gosh, we were at her birthday party last week and I don't know the... But her birthday's in December, so she gets this double whammy of like birthday christmas and then her younger child's birthday is in january 
so I just I can't imagine the uh, I can't imagine the grind that you're going through, Bridget. Um, uh, the couch is is magenta. It is Scotch guarded. For those of you only listening on the podcast, I'm I'm screwing with the live feed people right now. It's magenta Scotch guarded. I would recommend uh, a plastic cover for it. You know, for when you inevitably spill your beer. That's what I do. Plastic covers on all the couches here. Just kidding. I'm uh, but Toy Insider, I found this interesting because you can actually kind of search through and find interesting stuff. And one of the sections that I found was STEM. And the reason I get to this is, and this has a bunch of different toys on it. Um, and Teddy Ruxpin's actually listed on here. My, my daughter got a Teddy Ruxpin for her birthday uh, from my mother, her grandmother. Uh, but check that one out, toyinsider.com if you're parents, even if you're just interested. But the, the thing I find interesting about st- the STEM section, and I find this interesting with toys these days, you know, uh, is how they've really caught up with the world today. If you go out to toy stores, you can actually find toys where kids can learn coding and they can build, build robots, build, in fact, there's a Star Wars droid inventor kit, uh, which hipsters don't drink, bud. Okay. Oh, this guy's talking about. Uh, and you can actually program the droid to do certain things so kids are learning coding which is fantastic and i've heard on multiple occasions that kids can actually learn coding in high school and middle school now um so i find that interesting as well but i i I do like that that we're kind of keeping up with the times you know uh i never learned coding myself obviously i mean coding existed in the 80s it was a much more difficult thing to do uh and and i think it's good that we're preparing kids for this you know there are kids there are kids a third of my age that are more technically savvy than I am. And I went to film school. Not to say I went to film school for technical stuff, uh, but I went to film school. So I've been around tech, you know, and especially emerging tech. I was in film school when the digital kind of revolution hit. I was in film I was in film school when the XL1 was created. If you're familiar with the XL1, if you're not, go look it up. Go watch 28 days later. <laughs> You'll know what the hell that is. Uh, but check that out toyinsider.com in fact there's like a barbie chemistry set i'm looking at the stem stuff and i I really just love this because it's educational and fun Uh, and if you're not familiar with stem oh bridget i might need your help on this science i can't math so each of the letters stand for something science technology engineering and math i should be right on that science technology engineering and math oh we got to get to the next beer here i'm gonna grab my other beer um all right so check that out like I said, I'm into the tech toys. I think it's interesting. My daughter happens to be a little too young, but I'm into the tech toys. Uh, and, and when she's old enough, we're going to have plenty of the tech toys. Oh, I was right. I was right on STEM, right, Bridget? Um, all right. Let's move along. We're running sh- a little bit short on time, and apparently we're going to have a Go Tell to the Wall couch auction here. It's a, if you're interested, go to facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. It's a magenta-colored magenta covered couch, apparently. I'm just making shit up on the fly here. I'm just kidding. All right. But I do want to talk about one more Christmas-themed thing, and that would be movies. That would be movies. And because this is my podcast, I get to give you my top three Christmas movies of all time. These are mine personally. My wife would even disagree with me. (laughs) If you disagree with me, don't feel bad at all. We're going to count it from three to one. Number three on my all-time favorite Christmas movie list is A Christmas Story. Now, that is so stereotypical. I get it. It's so stereotypical. 
But the movie's been around forever, and I grew up with the movie. And I remember as a kid, you'll shoot your eye out. So I absolutely love Christmas Story and Double Dog Daria. One of my first Christmas t-shirts as an adult, I mean, I probably had Christmas t-shirts as a kid, but as an adult was a Red Ryder BB gun shirt themed to the Christmas Story. If you haven't seen Christmas Story, check it out. Uh, And if you don't know where to see it, I believe TBS or TNT still runs a Christmas Eve marathon. It plays all day, all day, back to back on Christmas Eve. It's probably on like Netflix and stuff too. So check that out if you haven't seen Christmas Story. If you haven't seen Christmas Story, you've been living under a rock. Number two on the Go Tell Us the Wall top three Christmas movies of all time list would be Christmas Vacation. That is right. The great Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation. If you haven't seen that one, I highly recommend checking it out. I just picked up a Christmas Vacation shirt for myself the other day and is definitely one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, Chevy Chase. I don't want to say in his prime because he he's a little bit past his prime, but he's fantastic in the film uh, as well as uh, his brother-in-law, um, uh, uh, Quaid, Randy Quaid. I want to say Dennis Quaid is definitely not Dennis Quaid. Randy Quaid in it. Fantastic. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, as, as always, fantastic. And something I pointed out to my wife the other day, because we were talking about uh, Holiday Road, which if you're familiar with the vacation movies, you know uh, that in uh, 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 National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation, and then in Vegas Vacation, many years later, there's a scene where there's a woman in a white convertible drives up next to Chevy Chase, and he kind of checks her out, and they play the song Holiday Road plays, and it's actually Christy, Christy Brinkley, if I'm remembering correctly, is the model in all three of those movies. The interesting thing about Christmas Vacation is the only vacation movie that they don't feature Holiday Road or Christy Brinkley. They do, however, have a a scene that is similar to the Holiday Road scenes from the other vacation movies. However, it is the Hawaiian Christmas song, Melikalikimaka, and it is a different female, uh, I I don't even want to say, I don't don't know that she's a model. She is in the movie for a few minutes as well. So there is a little bit of a difference there between the other vacation movies. Just interesting little factoid for all of you out there, all of you wall fans that weren't aware of that. I had to educate my wife a little bit the other day as well, in fact, which was interesting. Not really that interesting. I think it's it's one of those like it's definitely like a toilet trivia type thing. Like, ha But Holiday Road actually wasn't in Christmas Vacation. It was Melikalikimaka. Fantastic Christmas song. Oh, speaking of Christmas songs. Oh man, Oi to the World and Christmas Wrapping, two of the best uh, alternative Christmas songs ever in the history of alternative Christmas songs. Check them out. And, and also, I don't think the Killers do it anymore, but the Killers, for a while there, were releasing a Christmas song every year at the holidays that they would donate all of the proceeds to a certain charity. I can't remember the charity offhand right now. I don't know that they're still doing that, uh, but check out some of the Killers songs, especially if you're into the kind of alternative Christmas songs. If you're into some of the more traditional stuff, there's plenty of that out there. Uh, but personally, in, in addition to kind of those alternative stuff and the, and the the normal, like you got so much of it, I got it play, I've had it play in the past like three weeks in the house, uh, would be Mannheim Steamroller and, uh, oh my gosh, Bridget, what is the other one? The funky, uh, like the orchestra, somebody, help, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, check them out if you're looking for kind of some of that cool stuff. Um, all right, a little fake drum roll. My number one, the official number one Christmas movie of all time for the one and only Shauna Work as well as Go Tell Us the Wall podcast is 
A Muppet Family Christmas. That's right. I'm showing it to everyone on the live feed. And this ain't even, this is not even a real DVD. This is like, you see this? You see this? In fact, I'm going to show you right now. This is a stickered up DVD. And the interesting thing about this is A Muppet Family Christmas actually predates uh, Muppet Christmas Carol that came out in like 1992, which everyone thinks that's the Muppet Christmas movie. No, 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 sir. Or ma'am. Or what anybody out there. Muppet Family Christmas came out in, I want to say, 1988. I don't think I have the actual date here. Um, however, it's interesting because you can't actually buy the full special. It was aired on television. Um, I can't remember which network it was at the time. Disney didn't own ABC at the time, so I don't know that it was necessarily ABC. They aired this holiday special. Uh, and it was interesting because this, not, this special, Muppet Family Christmas, not only includes the Muppet Show Muppets, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, Animal. It also includes Sesame Street characters. Sesame Street characters. On top of that, it includes Fraggle Rock characters. We are talking a plethora of Muppets. An absolute plethora of Muppets in Muppet Family Christmas. Well, what happened was years later when they wanted to put it on DVD, they didn't have the rights to all those different characters. This is obviously Disney, who owned the Muppets at the time, would still own them, was trying to put out a DVD. They couldn't get all the rights for all those songs and all those particular characters in that movie. So you can't actually buy the DVD. You can buy it. You can find it on Amazon. But if you're going to look for this one on Amazon, be aware, look through the reviews, it's going to just not include certain songs. Now, I spent a few years looking for this stupid DVD. I grew up watching this. At Grandma's house in Chicago, my grandmother, God bless her, used to record all the movies on TV. We had Muppets Take Manhattan, we had Muppets Movie, and we had Muppet Family Christmas, in addition to a bunch of other stuff. That's where I watched it. Fast forward and through commercials. <laughs> Looked for it for years as an adult, couldn't find it. Come to realize that because of the rights and everything else. A couple years ago, Found it on YouTube. Someone posted the entire goddamn thing on YouTube. So if you're interested in watching it, check it out on YouTube. This particular copy that I have in my hands was obtained my, by my beautiful and amazing wife a couple years ago for Christmas, who knew that this was my favorite Christmas movie. Had it burned onto a DVD. Uh, she actually had a, a, a co-worker do it for her. So now I'm able to actually watch the movie on DVD. But if you have not seen Muppet Family Christmas, I highly encourage you to do it, especially if you're a Muppets fan. For God's sake, you have to see this. You got to see it. That would be the number one all-time Christmas movie for myself, as well as Go Tells the Wall podcast, because you know what? Go Tells the Wall podcast. All right, before we get to the end, because here's here, I screwed up. I just realized, and we're going to do more thank yous on the next uh, episode of the podcast, but I do want to give quick thank yous to all of our patrons, first and foremost, and probably most importantly, would be Bridget Hassong, who is our on-air producer. She is also a patron of Go Tell to the Wall podcast, as well as her husband, Chris Hassong, who is a patron of the podcast and also does a little bit of help on the, uh, the live feed and everything else, feeding us information and that kind of good stuff. We also have, for our patrons, uh, Kevin Jones. Kevin, who I've spoken about on the podcast many, many times, is a patron, as well as Perry Freeze, 
So thank you to all of you. And as I said at the top of the podcast, if, if you if you were listening, we're going to have stickers for you. And I've got a special gift from Go Tell Us The Wall podcast for all of our patrons that we're going to get out to you in the next week or two here. So look forward to that. Here's the important thing about Patreon. I'm going to promise all of you out there right now, wall fans, if we get, if we get to 25 patrons, what I'm going to do is send out an additional special gift. You're not going to know what it is to all of those 25 patrons. In addition to that special gift, what we're going to do once we hit 25 patrons, Bridget, you listening? When we hit 25 patrons on Patreon, we're doing the whiskey episode. Haha. <laughs> That's right, wall fans. We're doing the whiskey episode, which means we're starting off the rails. And that one will most likely include our owner producer Bridget as well as some others that have shown interest in joining in the whiskey episode. When we hit 50 patrons on Patreon, 550. When that happens, because I know it will happen at some point, could be a month, could be a year. When we hit 50 patrons, we're throwing a Go Tell to the Wall podcast party for the 50 patrons. I'm throwing those 50 people a fucking party for supporting the podcast. And that's how we're going to do it. Bridget is going to hold me to that. She's on the live feed right now. She's holding me to 25 patrons, whiskey episode, special gift, 50 patrons. A patron go tell to the wall party for all 50 of those patrons. Right now, happening. All right, I've got. Uh, what? We are running out of time, and we got to end with Night Before Christmas. I want to talk about one more thing, one more movie, which I actually personally haven't seen, and that would be Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. This is a special that came out in 1977. They just released a 40th anniversary. I have not seen it personally. The reason this is important, and especially if you're a Henson fan, if you're a Muppet fan, this is really not well-known. It's not a well-known Christmas special. And they're getting it out on DVD, 40th anniversary. But this literally paved the way for all of the big stuff that the Henson company went into. So we're talking Dark Crystal, uh, Labyrinth. This was the beginning of all of that happening with the Jim Henson company. And in fact, Jim Henson maintained until the day he died. I mean, I don't want to, I don't think he did it on the day he passed, but until until he passed away, maintained that Emmett Otter Jug Band Christmas was his favorite project that he had worked on. So check that one out as well. It might be on Netflix or, or one of those. Uh, my wife, huge fan. This was this might be her number one Christmas movie. Huge fan and she ordered the 40th anniversary uh, DVD, which I'm just waiting. Once that arrives, then we're gonna watch that, and I will. Uh, I'll be seeing it for my first time, which is ridiculous because I'm a huge Muppet fan, a huge Henson fan. And I don't know how I've ever not ever seen this one. Okay, all right, Wall fans, we're gonna do it. I want to give a quick thank you to Bridget for always being here and keeping me in line, to Chris for being here many times and and feeding us stats and info, Uh, to all of you out there, Kevin, Seth, I know you guys are listening. They are the quiet ones that that tend to send me feedback personally, you know, whether it's good or bad, whatever it might be. So thank you. Uh, Thank you to number one wall fan, Darshan. She didn't join this week, but, you know, we'll give her a little golf clap. She still maintains number one. Uh, And thank you to all the patrons. And thank you to all of you that have been spreading 
the common sense that is Go Tell to the Wall podcast. And now what we're going to do is a little something called Twas the Night Before Christmas. Now bear with me, Wall fans. I don't know how well this is going to go. Well, let, me get some, let me get a couple sips of the beer here. We're going to get through this. We're going to do a quick send-off. Those of you on the live feed will stay around for a second. So here we go. Oh, I need my... Oh, for those of you watching on the live feed, this is what happens when you get a little older. Glasses are, are not comfortable with the headphones, but uh, but I have to read with glasses. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to the objects below, when what to my wondering eyes would appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ash and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside from his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, Wall fans, and thank you for bearing with me. I've actually never read that story. Uh, we're starting a new tradition this year with my daughter, who is now old enough to appreciate a story. Uh, but again... Happy holidays to all of you, all of you out there. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support that all of you have given over the past year and a half. Uh, we're going to keep things going. We've got big things coming in 2018. I'm telling you, big, big, big things. Maybe Bridget will actually get a raise. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Bridget pays the show. I don't pay Bridget. She just does this out of the goodness of her heart. Um, so thank you to all of you. Happy holidays. Hug the ones you love. Remember, you may not always have them around for Christmas. I can tell you that. 
just so succinctly this year. Um, and we'll be back. I don't know. We may have another episode before the end of the year. Not positive, uh, but we will be back within the next two weeks. Lots of good stuff coming. Remember, Patreon, 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 Patreon. Push those patrons to Patreon. We're going to have some fun with the Patreon and the patrons and all that good stuff. And remember, this Christmas, this holiday season, this Kwanzaa, this Hanukkah, whatever you do, do it with passion. Have passion in whatever you do. And remember, Wall fans, no matter where you're spending the holidays, no matter who you're spending the holidays with, no matter why you're celebrating the holidays, and no matter what you get for the holidays, always remember to use common sense.